they found different melodies that resonated with them and went about you know using those melodies as a starting point to, to develop their original pieces and that was but they have their own language each of yeah. them that's why each of the pieces is so different because you have this beautiful um, Sephardic melodies and you know you hear the composer through them hi and welcome to the big schmear the podcast celebrating Jewish food culture and history I'm your host Beth Schenker I hope you caught the music for my podcast introduction, because I'm going to take the liberty of veering off a bit from my usual focus on Jewish food and introduce you to the wonderful musicians behind the theme music for the Big Schmear. When I was thinking about what kind of music I wanted to choose for my theme for the podcast, I knew it would be a hugely important decision. It would be the very first thing that people would hear when they tuned into the Big Schmear. And it would play a huge role in the success of my podcast. When I heard the Sephardic journey, I knew that it was going to be the right choice. I thought that the music would convey the feeling of the stories I was going to tell on my podcast. The music spoke directly to the depth and breadth of Jewish culture and history without my having to say anything. I believe that both music and food are amazing bridges that connect us. So that brings me to my guests and friends, Ohenia Molinaire, flautist, and her husband and music partner, Dennis Azabagic, guitarist. Hi, Ohenia and Dennis. Welcome to the Big Schmear. Thank you so much. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm so happy to have the opportunity to talk with you both about your music and um, and my on my podcast today. By the way, we're recording this episode in my apartment. I've invited Dennis and Ohenya to join my husband and I for Shabbat dinner. We are sharing a beautiful challah made by Masa Madre, a past Big Shmir guest. Be sure to check them out if you haven't heard their episode yet. So to start, I thought maybe you would tell my listeners a little bit about um, your music background and... Um, the, before we get into the stories about this particular CD and, and your history about Judaism and that connection. So um, let's start with Ohenya. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your flute playing and how you got to where you are? Wow. <laughs> Let me start from the beginning. So there was the Big Bang now. <laughs> you know, it was a very unusual start. I didn't have a musician parents or uh, an aunt or an uncle who would come and tell my parents, let the kids study music. But I had a neighbor, a neighbor who played the French horn, and he played in the band from the town where I come from in Valencia, it's a small town called Burriana. And um, he just came and he saw that my parents had many children. We were five, and uh, five young kids, and... He, he asked my parents, maybe one of them wants to study music. And I raised my hand, and um, here we are, Whoa. many years later. So he played the French horn, I said that correctly, and I played the flute. First he gave me the trumpet, and after a month and finding out that I couldn't play that <laughs> instrument, he says, let's give you more feminine instruments. So he gave me the flute, and it really was a, a eureka moment. The moment the flute landed in my in my hands, I felt this was going to be what I was going to do the rest of my life. Really? Very strange. Well, how old were you? I was 14. Uh-huh. A month shy to be 15. So, um, and 
Since then, of course, you've traveled all over the world. You'd studied and you performed all over the world. Yes, so I was living, as I said, in uh, that town in Valencia. And then uh, when I was 21, almost 22, I moved to the Netherlands. I studied there and I lived there for six years in Rotterdam. And then later on, Dennis and I came to the United States. I met Dennis in Holland mm. and then uh, we came to the United States. So, yeah. Um, so, so Dennis, your turn. So tell me a little bit about uh, your music background. Well, it started on, on my parents' initiative that they wanted to give their uh, children more music education. They were not musicians themselves. So they, uh, me being the, the oldest kid, I have a younger sister, they enrolled me in the music school when I was away on a holidays, well, like with a kindergarten. Oh my. So when I came back home from the you know, seaside, uh, vacations with, with, with little friends, they told me we enrolled in music school. I said, okay, fine. So the first year was just this little, uh, we learned two notes, you know, <laughs> the uh, do, which is C, which, which you always laid underneath the table, and sol, G, which was on, on the window. So those were the two things I remember from that. <laughs> and then a year later, it came the time when, I, uh, when they asked us, which instrument do you want to play? I thought I want to play guitar because I think, if I remember correctly, although my memory is not very dependable, but I think I wanted to be a Beatle because I love uh -huh. Beatles and I thought of rock guitar. Um, mm, what happened that year is that in music school hired a guitar teacher and he was my, uh, he was my, I don't know, like, uh, not, not, not friend from beginning, but but inspiration, guidance in, in many ways um, because he... His name is Predrag, Predrag Stankovic, and to this day we are uh, friends. And he instilled some kind of love for music, love for, you know, guitar, and in, in a way that was so inspirational. I think I was taken by that. And another thing that I felt is whenever I would go to his lessons, um, I would be so mesmerized about the things that were such an unknown to me like when he would talk about styles of music and things mm. like that, you know, and, and stars and whatnot to convey the musical thing. So to me, that's that was yeah, like a, such a big world of exploration. And it did not compare to me to anything else that I would be doing in a regular school. Sure. So that was my sort of like a draw to that. And um, over time, just followed my path, went to Sarajevo for a high school, uh, then started Music Academy in Zagreb, with a fantastic teacher there as well. And unfortunately had to interrupt those studies after a year because of the civil war in former Yugoslavia, which, uh, as, as they say in life, with, with this good Chinese proverb, you know, there's no good or bad. It's just maybe. Mm -hmm. right? So to me, the good thing about it is I went to Netherlands and uh, I had to leave my country. Let's say that was bad, but the good thing is I went to Netherlands, met Eugenia, and... You know, the rest is history. Yeah, so, so it is. We came here to the United States and, you know, uh, made it home here. And, and and just recently we played in Oak Park. And and I always use opportunity when we play locally to say it feels ho like home. home. Mm. It feels like home. You know, I've been living here, you yeah. know, since 1999. And here and we are recording this, you know, with this wonderful smell of, of, of <laughs> all <laughs> these delicacies that, that you have. <laughs> And among friends, you know, so we are sharing, we are connecting these things on on, on level that, that transcends, you know, 
transcends nationalities, transcends mm-hmm. cultures, transcends, I mean, transcends uh, differences. Right. And, and you know, unites us. Exactly. Right? And you don't, it, language isn't, it's food and music are universal languages, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. The language totally of the stomach and the language of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> what better connection is there exactly. than that? Heart and the stomach. So I can't even remember. I can't remember exactly when I met both of you. I do. Was it was it at um, Jim's the, house? Yeah, at the party. Exactly. And you were. Oh, that's right. You were either just finishing Sephardic journey. Yes, that's right. I think, and so you were telling me about the this project. this project, and I just found it to be such an incredible story. Um, and so why don't why don't the two of you tell this story about this project, which I'm not sure there's, I feel like it's all intertwined, your history and your discovery about your own um, connections to Jewish culture, but then also this um, this great recording. So tell, tell us, tell me and my listeners about this project. So like many projects in life, <clears throat> this had a very long brewing. So many, many, many years ago... Um, Let's not talk about years, <laughs> not anymore, but it was in the last century. Um, we went to Bosnia, me for the first time, to visit Dennis's family. And I met uh, all his family. And in one of the visits, I, I encountered a very interesting lady who, out of the blue, started speaking in all the Spanish to me. This was the first ignite or ignition uh-huh. of, of all this story so i i was in bosnia i was not expecting to find anybody there talking you know uh very old spanish which i i found out later on was a ladino mm-hmm. but at the time i i didn't recognize it I, I i understood the words but i didn't know that was ladino so this was a great aunt of dennis who you know for since World War II till 1996, when I met her, um, nobody knew her, her background. So she, she kind of, uh, when she converted to, to Judaism, uh, so to Islam from Judaism in order to save her life, her mother did that, um, kind of kept her identity private mm-hmm. and, and, and hidden because uh, you know most of the families, Jewish families from Dennis's hometown had been killed in World War II and they were always afraid, there are always conflicts there. So when she met me and she heard me speaking Spanish to Dennis and she heard that I was from Spain, she couldn't contain herself and she started talking to me in all the Spanish. What happened then? I told Dennis, your aunt is talking Spanish. No, my aunt doesn't speak <laughs> Spanish. So to make a very long story short, she told me that her name was not the Muslim name that Dennis knew her from. Her name was Matilde. And she was the descendant of a Ladino family, that, uh, Sephardic family, that was, they were expelled from Spain mm-hmm. 500 years ago. They kept the language for 500 years. And that was the first time we were, you know, encountering this culture through that. So my interest into, into this uh, culture and... and the Judaism started at that moment when I went back to Spain and I met a friend of mine who is a historian and told me, oh, you know, that's what you told me. That's interesting, but you know that your names are, are Jewish also. Your names? My, my last names. I was like, what? No way. She says, yeah, especially Ferrer, your mother's name. That's a, a Sephardic Jew. A, 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 a Sephardic Jew name. Why? Because 
in the uh, time where the Jews were expelled from Spain, they had two choices, or convert to the Catholicism uh, and change their names, or to leave. So my ancestors, we, I don't know the story very well because I haven't researched it so much, but they definitely had to, to, to change their names in order to stay there. And they took the names of their professions. So mm-hmm. Ferrer in English means blacksmith, Moliner means miller. So those uh, are names of, they know it, the historians know it, are names that were taken at the time by the Jewish in order to stay in Spain. I look back to my grandmothers who at the time, I think both were living, but I asked my mother's mother and she never heard about that, but I knew she never heard that she could be Jewish. She was raised Catholic, but I knew that she turned on candles every Friday. That's so and I asked her oh. why, and she didn't know why. So nobody, I mean, there was no reason. There was no, I mean, she didn't say this is because I'm, you know, right. the, her mother did it, and she did it too. And she thought it was a Catholic thing, and it turns out it's not. No, it's not. So <laughs> that's very funny, because they were doing some things for many, many, many centuries, which we don't know exactly when the the turn happened. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Maybe they were converted, maybe they were practicing Judaism in secret in yeah. secret maybe some of the family members were caught who knows what happened we know that the people who were caught were killed so you can't blame people for no <laughs> so not at all but it was a shock so these two things combined Dennis's story plus mine story always was always in our mind and when a friend of ours uh, Sergio Assad told us you have to explore your background and we did a project based on the Balkan music from where Dennis comes from, different countries. When it came to do it from Spain, I knew I wanted to go far and beyond just what most people think is Spanish. And I, I wanted to explore Sephardic music because I knew there was a really rich, uh, cultural, interesting part of melodies there mm-hmm. which I wanted to explore. How did we go to the composers and tell them what to do with this? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great to have this idea in your in your mind and probably some vague pieces of music maybe playing in your head, but 
that's very different than having somebody compose music for you. And I'll just say that on this CD, it's all original music. That was that was why this project even happened. It was all about um, working with living composers. Well, there's there's a sort of like a natural evolution that I think every every performing artist or musician uh, goes through that, that that comes to the point where you feel I want to contribute to the uh, growth of, of uh, our repertoire in, in our case flute flute and guitar as a duo and uh, this curiosity and, and need to collaborate with the composers and and, and you know stir stir that pot and see what what's coming out so as we were nudged along and and inspired and advised by our friend and, and, and I would say mentor, Sergio Assad, who's a fantastic guitarist and composer, as Eugenia mentioned before, you know, to explore those roots. Um, when it came to this project, we asked several composers. Um, so Alan Thomas is one of them who I've met uh, many years ago, I think in 93 in, in, in Madrid, together at a competing at a competition, a guitar competition at, at the time. Uh, second composer on, on this album is uh, Sergio's daughter, Clarice Assad who's very, uh, these days, she's uh, quite well-known and, and she's also Chicago-based and she wrote other pieces for us as well. Very dear friend, I call him, you know, brother from another mother, Carlos Rafael Rivera, who lives in uh, Miami. Uh, then we have, uh, what else do we have on this album? Uh, Joe Williams, uh, who wrote a very short duet and that reflects even maybe more than any other this sort of like a story of what Eugenia just mentioned of a time in Spain when the decision was made to unite Spain and to say you're going to be one country, one religion and you know all Jewish people and Muslims have to leave or become Catholics. back to Joe Williams when he wrote this Isabel and I was just reading in this CD booklet about that girl and actually there are records in Toledo mm-hmm. which was a former Spanish capital about that she actually existed she, she did I, she was, I wondered about that and she was uh, you know she, she converted she, but she was caught she she, she declared oh. that she's Catholic but she was practicing Judaism in secret she was caught she recanted and had to you know under torture, give up her friends or family and went mad and basically burned at the end. Right? That was the practice at the time. So this was an homage, that piece, right? So there are five composers, five wonderful pieces on this on this album.
every piece is just wonderful in its own way, very different styles. And Do you see, when you, you mentioned uh, its original music, it's original music because composer wrote it, but all of them drew either directly from those m m melodies. melodies. Right, right. Uh, so, yes. So, you know, we didn't say to them, you have to do this such and such, because it, it was important project, so, so you ask people to whom you feel you can trust. Mm -hmm. And we say, we want you know, to, that you go and research yourself Sephardic Jewish melodies, find what resonates with you, Let's talk about it so that it's maybe not repeated among many pieces the same melody if somebody sure. you know, catches three people on the same melody. You know? But they, they found different melodies that resonated with them and went about you know using those melodies as a starting point to, to develop their original pieces. And that was but they have their own language, each of yeah. them. That's why each of the pieces is so different. Because you have these beautiful um, Sephardic melodies and you know you hear the composer through them. So it's really interesting. And, and some of them, you can hear the music more in the raw, you know, more like it is. Mm -hmm. And some other composers are intruding even more things of themselves. So it's a mixture of, like, for example, with Clarice, you know, she's Brazilian. And you can hear in some of the movements and in some of the moments, you know, her Brazilian background into this which makes it so interesting and so unique and so unique yeah. you know and and each of the each of the melodies they use and they talked about, uh, to us about that and how how they thought it's, it describes a different type of emotion and event and you know it's really really interesting like for in the case of of Clarice there is one movement that there is a, there is like a woman fighting you know answering back to her husband and putting her face there and it's a huge uh, flute fermata and it's it's like so cool you know you can hear it you can you can I can tell you like to play that piece. I like <laughs> it a lot very much so. yes yes <laughs> The other thing about project like this, which sort of the, the feeling about it, at least for me, evolved after we have done it, is realizing and learning more the, the scope. Of course, many listeners and many of us know what, ha what has happened to Jewish people over the you know, thousands of years. Right? And 
that that I felt going back and thinking about this story that you know in my family there was this lady that in her family they kept their tradition they kept their language for 500 years it's astounding isn't so, it so you know yeah <laughs> 500 years and that she said to Eugenia you know uh, you are here now the circle is complete mm. what it meant to her to say something like that sort of like at the end of her life and what yeah. it meant to what her to, to to open up to me who I'm I'm you know I'm just a new member of the family right. and to say it and she couldn't hold it yes. you know you know a few years back uh, Eugenia's sister came to to visit Bosnia as well and we went to Sarajevo and went to this famous part of Bashcharsia where they have all these little shops of tinsmiths right mm-hmm. where they make it and there was a there was a, a, a gentleman who, v- who welcomed them in a very very small shop and he spoke to them in spanish in, in ladino he spoke yeah. ladino yeah. yes so yes. I, when well, when you look at it Jewish i mean you know sephardic, sephardic jews, jews have encompassed a lots of part of, of of the world not by choice by being pushed out by being persecuted you yeah. know and then now our, one of our future projects is going to be based on on, on gypsy music oh. right and then we realized romani people Sort of like s- same story. Yes, yes. Wherever yeah. they have settled, you know, when there was a trouble, where the p- finger was being pointed out to them. Yeah. You know, and we find it, and, 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 you know, you reflect on that, you say history, history, but history is today too. I left my country because of the war. Fingers were being pointed either to Muslims or Serbs or, or, or you know, Catholics or Croats. It doesn't matter the, the labels. But we use our differences sometimes to to the cruelest and darkest of instead of sharing uh, it yeah. ends instead of you know these these beauties that 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 can come out of it, you know? yeah. and that ma- it, it just simply makes me think in a way that you know what maybe this tiny 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 little drop in this whole chain of humanity is where we put this little uh, energy of bringing out. This treasure of of doesn't matter which which uh, cultural or ethnic group it is, it's part of our humanity. Yeah, it's the bigger picture. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if you could talk just a little bit um, about the selection that I have for my th- theme music, and maybe tell people the meaning of that, or maybe some kind of. Antidote. So uh, you used the music by Alan Tomash. I and did. I believe you used the third movement. Yes, I'm looking mm-hmm. here again in that in that in in the CD booklet, and Alan wrote this these notes, and uh, I love the way he composes and and love the way he he thinks about the music. So he sees he's us telling us here something, which is the third movement is based on the melody Una Matica de Ruda. Una Matica de Ruda. In English, a sprig of rue, rue being a type of herb native to the Balkan Peninsula, as well as a synonym for regret. In addition to being attracted to these multiple meanings, I was immediately drawn to the song's lyrics, which take the form of a dialogue between mother and daughter. The daughter tells her mother that a young man is in love with her and has given her a bouquet of rue. The mother warns the daughter not to sacrifice her virtue to young love and that a bad husband is better than a new lover. (laughs) 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 That's the story. It it continues. It's great. (laughs) It's the daughter's perfect and poetic reply that makes the song. A bad husband, my mother. There's nothing worse but a new lover, my mother. The apple and sweet lemon. 
So that's a just a little bit. And then, you know, Alan uses the melody and, 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 and tweaks it around and it makes it so jumpy and, and, and nice. And yeah, he, does, he does a great job about it. Yep. <laughs> I love it. If I was going to play, give people another sense of something mm-hmm. different from the CD, what, what other selection do you think I should choose? I love uh, the first movement of Alan Thomas' Trio Sephardi. Yeah. I think it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I, m- my favorite piece of all this is Carlos Rivera, Plegaria y Canto, Al Bodre de la Mar. Al Bodre de la Mar me- means on the, on the edge of the water, of mm-hmm. the sea. Because he imagined, you know, uh, he knows I'm from a coastal town, and he imagined uh, a, a woman looking at the sea and having to to think in that moment, am I going to leave this... We, my ancestors lived in this place for 1,500 years. Now we have to live, or shall I betray my God and stay? You know that kind of doubt. So this is what he's thinking. Plegaria means it's like a prayer, mm-hmm. and canto is means a song. Plegaria y canto. <laughs> also recommend Carlos Rivera especially so sort of towards the end where the expression is of of a hope yeah. of continuous hope of you know life uh, uh, going on versus uh, tumultuous you know emotions of of yearning for a lost love or a lost country
some of your listeners, I'm sure, uh, would be familiar with Carlos because he's such an eclectic composer that he he he's a Emmy-winning uh, composer for the score, music score for a Netflix series, Godless. So if anybody oh, really? has seen that, if they've seen the net, <laughs> yes. the, or if you go and see it, it's which is a wonderful series, right? If you see Godless, and there's the you know the music is the same guy that it's that wrote this. Oh, very cool. for us, yes. Yeah. He wrote many other pieces for us. So. And cool. he, he used to play in a rock band, and he composed <laughs> for that. And you know, you don't get more eclectic than that. No, he gets around. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very interesting. I'm so proud of this CD because this is our goal, and has been always to create new repertoire. You know, what Dennis was talking about, our little grain of sand. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud, specifically about this CD, because of music, the music being based on the Sephardic music that I discovered through all this project that was my background was Dennis in, in Dennis's family. So it's it's just And another way that connects special. the two of you too. Exactly. Which is so fascinating. It's it's who would, it's so who beautiful. Guessed, right? It's so beautiful. You never know. We are all connected. Yeah. And well that's the thing. I mean you say we are here at your home. We just mentioned that as we came here we talked about twenty three and me, right? Right. You know the the check your DNA and, and, and figure out oh I have cousins here and here and here. We are all cousins, <laughs> you know? It's a scary thought. Yeah. No, no, I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> so you t- you just mentioned a little bit about your one of the goals that you had for this CD. And I, what do you want people to take from this CD? What What is it that you hope people will hear or listen for or um, feel about this CD? Do you, do you, you think about you, that? You bring, you bring the old... To the new, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. You bring these old melodies that are, you know, how many hundreds of years old, and you bring them to the 21st century, and then you filter through these composers' hearts and minds, and then you have this. You mix things all the time, and the best things come out from mixes. That's one important element that I want people to understand that is behind our mm-hmm. ideas. You know. I agree with everything but what Eugenia says and whenever we are conveying something I am very much for very emotional response and 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 sort of like abstract mm-hmm. something speaks to you on a visceral level or it doesn't right so we hope that when when listeners are listening these you know pieces or selections that they will feel and relate emotionally to it on top of it, every time more and more, and you see me coming back to this theme, is this, you know, I want us all to be conscientious of understanding that we are l- literally all one family, that we all have our prejudices and biases, and that I do feel proud that we were able to, you know, just to share a tiny little segment of light on this culture and on this exactly. rich you know, music that it has, and that, that, that we raise the voice to say, you know, let's not do these kind of things to each other. You know, let's celebrate each other's differences. Yeah. Let's not shun, shun, shun another and do Let's share things, the halal. You know. And we're going to share the halal. And, and going into, into you know, even when, when I talk, I told Henny often, again, uh, referring to our one of our next projects, Gypsy, Gypsy Projects, how I remember growing up and hearing myself very negative things and in the, uh, indeed the, the the word gypsies derogatory 
yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, term. And I don't mean it when I speak it here like that, not at all. But however, their music, when you say, oh, it's a gypsy music, it's always so exotic. Why? Because it's so good music. <laughs> it's unbelievable music, right? Yeah. So I want to you know, celebrate that aspect of any human, where whether it is individual or a group culture yeah. that has been, you know, heard by others and that we say stop a little bit and before you say words or do the deeds, yeah. think that these are your brothers yeah. and sisters. So the suggestion I would make to folks out there is to see if you can find this CD and play some of this music while you're eating all those latkes at Hanukkah. <laughs> and so if somebody would like to learn more about you and find this CD, how would they do that? So first they can uh, find out us via, you know, they can go to our website or via Facebook. We are Cavatina Duo. Could C- you spell that? C-A-V-A-T-I-N-A Duo, D-U-O. They can also Google our names, E-U-G-E-N-I-A-M-O-L-I-N-E-R, Moliner, and Dennis with one N, Dennis, D-E-N-I-S. And as a baggage, it's A Z A. B-A-G-I-C. They can Google us. Uh, the CDs are available through our website. They can see them there. And they can go to CD Records page and purchase them from there. Or they can go to Amazon and purchase it there. And also they can come to any of our concerts and they can get them from directly from us. That and would be fun. And you have do you list your where your concerts are all over the country, all you over know, the world? Usually we site? publish we publish those things in Facebook lately. We haven't updated our website now for a while, but we have in our Facebook pages everything is noted and even in Instagrams, often in Twitter. So we do have all these media yep. outlets awesome. that we use, social media that we use, you know, and, and people follow us. We have quite a bit of followers on Instagram. and you know, so. That's great, because I have listeners everywhere. So yeah. um, you never know where somebody from the Big Shmir might come and come to a concert. Exactly. Then I would say, bring some food. Exactly. <laughs> we, we were going to say, and bring, some, bring something special. We want to eat some... Good Jewish food. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both for taking time out of your busy schedules and coming and um, talking and sharing your stories about your music and about your connection to Jewish culture. And um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for Beth. It was wonderful and, uh, to be here. Congratulations on the success of this. Yes, podcast. congratulations. So we are so happy to be part of it. Keep oh. it up and uh, we'll <laughs> come back again. Oh, all Great. right. Just to let everyone know, I'll be taking a bit of a holiday break to work on episodes for the new year, when I'll be back in January with some great surprises. As always, thank you for listening to The Big Schmear. Our recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at beth at And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening. Happy Hanukkah. And be sure to share all those crispy latkes with family and friends. Mm-hmm.